Wagner 620 WTMJ. We do this this time every day. We call it Dealer's Choice. It's what I think is perhaps the most talkable topic of the day, at least in my mind, and hopefully it's something that you will find interesting as well. Today we turn our attention to the signature accomplishment of Michelle Obama as far as a policy thing, and that was pushing school lunches. Now, now back in 2010, and Michelle Obama was one of the proponents of this, while obviously Congress did it, um, there was the law that regulated school lunches. Now, They called it the Healthy Hunger-Free Kids Act of 2010. Now, this is a great euphemism because how can anybody, how can anybody oppose anything which would result in healthy, hunger-free kids? I mean, it sounds great. Of course, how can you be against healthy kids? Jeff? You're awful. How can you be against hunger-free kids? What What do you mean? You're, you know, if if you're against this, that means you must be in favor of starving, sick children. All right. Yeah. Well, all right. The devil, as we always say, is in the details. That this was the law that really put all sorts of restrictions on schools. You know, it said things about all right. Th- we're going to put all sorts of very, very strict limits on the amount of sodium, that would be salt, that you could have um, in, in the stuff. We're going to have limits on calories, on fat, on sugar, on sodium, whole grains, fruits, and vegetables. There would be rules that say that, you, you know, you have to, as a condition of serving the, these student lunches, you know, you, you have to provide, you know, fruits, you have to provide vegetables. And what ended up happening in the real world was the kids didn't want the stuff. And you would hear horror story after horror story from people who were actually in these school lunchrooms. All right, you know, you, you give the, the kid goes through the, the lunch line, you give them a peach. Okay, great. You, you've, you've given them the peach. You've gi- but the kid doesn't want the peach. So what do they do? The you know person, you put the peach on the tray, and then the kid goes through the lunch line, takes the peach, throws it in the garbage. That, and that's, that's what's happening. What they have seen since they've been studying this is that the, the impact of the National School Lunch Program on fr- um, fruit and vegetable selection, they say the average waste has increased from a quarter cup to more than a third of a cup per trade. And that's that the kids, again, they're, they're not— they're not eating. You can give them the food, the fruit. You can give them the vegetables. But if they're not going to eat it, all you've done is promoted waste. And because you've got all these other limits, for example, on calories and stuff, the kids can't share. So if if I'm sitting across the way from Hondo and Hondo has an apple and I like apples, Hondo is not allowed to give me his apple because – well, that might put me over my calorie limit. So you, you can't share. So it doesn't matter. Now, Hondo's not going to eat the fruit, but I can't t- you can't give it to me because, again, that puts me over the, the limit. In addition, the other thing that they have seen is because you put all these different limits on the amount of fat and the amount of sodium, things like that, what you get is a lot of food that the kids just can't eat. Um, they estimate that over 1.2 million students have stopped eating school lunches since these various restrictions went into effect. Um, School systems have dropped out of the program because it's led, in some cases, where the compliance costs exceed the amount of federal subsidies. 
So now a number of Republicans are looking at either eliminating this law entirely or substantially rolling back the requirements with regard to the calorie limits and these really, really tight limits on, for example, sodium and things you can do in favor of giving the local programs more discretion to figure out what the kids want in a particular district and eliminating a lot of these mandatory things saying we've got to put, you know, we can make fruit and vegetables available, but, you know, why why give kids green beans if a particular kid's not going to eat the green bean and all they're going to do is throw it out? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. All right, if, if evil Republicans in Congress and the evil President Trump roll back a lot of these requirements. Is it common sense, or is this just showing that, well, you know, it's the Healthy Hunger-Free Kids Act of 2010. If you roll back these requirements, it must mean you want starving, sick children. Or does this just make sense? Was this an overreach in the beginning? 414-799-1620 is the number. Michelle in Kenosha. Michelle, good morning. Hi, good morning, Jeff. How are you? I am well, thank you. Okay, what do you think? Well, we absolutely saw this in our school district. Um, it got so bad as far as the amount of garbage that they were throwing away. They tried to donate the items they were not allowed to right. because the school can't donate the unused food items. Um, so they ended up, they now give the kids a sticker that they put on their cells or they put on their lunch tray that says they took a fruit option, they took a vegetable option. They get to the end and then they get a quote unquote healthy meal. Um. <laughs> Okay, so this this so, was the alternative to throwing away mass amounts of food. So they they give them a sticker that says they ate the that says they got it even if they didn't get it. Yep. So that way the school didn't have to give them a peach. They get to the end of the line, it end up in their garbage can. So they literally gave them a sticker that says fruit option or vegetable option, and then quote unquote they were meeting the federal guidelines for a healthy food meal. That's nuts. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Well, and see, and don't get me wrong, Michelle. Again, I, I, am all in favor of kids eating, you know, healthy, balanced meals. But I mean, I'm also aware of of the reality. First of all, if because of the nutritional requirements, you're serving stuff that doesn't taste good, that the kids they're not going to eat that. And if a kid isn't getting, isn't taught to eat green beans at home or whatever, they're they're not going to just because you put green beans on their plate, they're not going to eat them. That's just the reality. <laughs> Agreed. And we didn't do enough to make sure that the parents were doing the things at home. Again, we turned to the school and said it's the school's decision. They have to make this right rather than looking at the parents and making sure that they were serving a square dinner meal when the kids got home from school. Yeah, no, th- exactly. Th- thanks for the call. I mean, that. see, and again, I'm not, I'm not anti-nutrition and I'm not anti-providing healthy meals. And the truth is that I think that... I think that you can do – the example I always give is, you know, you can do, for example, a vegetable lasagna, and, and you can you can make it really, really tasty, and the kids don't necessarily even know that they're getting all these vegetables in the, the vegetable lasagna, and they don't – they think, hey, this is good. They don't even recognize. You're kind of sneaking up on the healthy stuff to them. So, I mean, I would be all in favor of encouraging the local school districts who know what the kids want, encouraging them to try to, you know, in, investigate different options. I'm all in favor of, you know, going – for the, the healthy thing, but at the same time, you also have to recognize reality, which is, you, 
it doesn't do any good to say we're providing a meal, but because it's some mystery loaf with some green beans and a peach that the kids aren't going to eat, that all they're going to do is throw it out. Okay, you've given them the healthy meal, but if they don't eat it, are things any better? Charlotte, who's calling from Northern Illinois. Charlotte, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Is there any limit to the power of the federal government? Where in the Constitution does it tell you that the federal government can uh, design your school lunch program? Um, You know, the next thing they'll be telling us is that we have to have co-ed showers in our high schools and junior high and (laughs) bathrooms, mixed-sex bathrooms. That may come down from the Department of Education. Right. Oh, well, yeah, I think think the co-ed locker rooms, I think that's... It's already come down. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I... Yeah, I guess... See, and I mean, look, I understand... If it's federal money that's doing this, you know, you want to make sure it's being properly spent. But again, there's this there's this, this detachment from reality with this stuff, Charlotte. It's like, okay, we're going to make kids healthier by saying we gave them a serving of green beans, and then we're just going to ignore the fact that they're throwing the green beans away. Okay, how how has that made anybody healthier? It hasn't. I think it ought to be left to the parents and the local school board. Right. Period. Right, exactly. And you know, one of the things that they have seen happen, the effect of in, in many school districts, first of all, many school districts, including some around here, have dropped out of the program because they say, all right, the amount of federal money we get isn't worth it. We're losing, you know, we're losing lunches because the kids aren't, you know, they're, they're not even, they're not buying them anymore. They're not paying for these things anymore because they don't want them because they, they can't eat them. So they're dropping out of the program. We've got all these costs of complying with these things for, in many cases, meals that the kids don't want to eat and the huge waste. So you've got school districts that are now dropping out of the program because it's just the cost of compliance is too hard. On top of that, you, you've also got a number of these other school districts that are just wrestling with this whole idea of, yeah, we do it, but um, the kids are going hungry. I mean, that's always been one of the stories, too. These low-calorie counts, you have, like, high school kids, you know, growing boys who are involved in extracurricular activities, and because of these calorie limits, they're just crazy calorie limits, so they're perpetually hungry. So what does that mean? All right, you're not getting enough food at lunch because of this calorie limit, so what are you doing? Well, then you're hitting the vending machine or the convenience store as quick as you can around the corner, and you're buying a bunch of chips and ho-hos and Hostess cupcakes and all those other things. So any, even if you're eating the meal, if everybody's always hungry, you're, look, I'm, I am in favor of healthy children. Let me go on record as saying that. I am in favor of hunger-free children. But this law is not accomplishing what it is designed to, and if not repealed, it definitely needs to be revamped. 1018 Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Ten twenty one. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. The city of Milwaukee is turning 171 years old. How did it all begin? Eric Bilstadt has the story of what many consider to be the pivotal moment in the city's founding. That's at 1250 during WTMJ today. Be sure to check that up. Out coming up in oh about an hour and 10 minutes. It's Thursday during the 1130 segment. We talk about Pop Culture Corner. And I'll give you a hint. With the passing of Mary Tyler Moore... It's going to be something related to that. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we're going to change, lighten up the tempo just a little bit. Um, Story in the Wall Street Journal that caught my attention. Go ahead, write a check for your coffee. I've got all day. Stick around. That's coming up in just a couple minutes. Uh, Update on a story we talked about 
actually a month ago when it first became public and then a couple times over the last couple days, um, the, the Milwaukee County Board. And this is if you ever, ever wondered if you live in Milwaukee County and if you ever wondered do we really need a Milwaukee County Board? Forget about, I understand now they, they're, they're paid part-time. I understand that there was, they've been downsized a little bit, but there's still a lot of them. If you ever wondered whether we need a Milwaukee County Board, this is Exhibit A as to why the Milwaukee County Board, downsized or not, part-time or not, has way too much time on its hands. This is the best argument I think, for getting rid of the county board in its entirety. Um, Marina Dmitrievic, former county board supervisor, now she works for this, like, lefty, obscure political organizing, political party group. Um, She introduces a resolution. I I read the entire resolution the other day. I will not do it again because I apologize for taking that six or seven minutes of your life away. But essentially, it is this anti-Trump screed, which talks about Milwaukee County is not going to stand for this and that and the other thing. And it's sort of like a a liberal wish list. I would say 80 to 90 percent of the stuff that is in this various screed, these resolutions, have nothing at all to do with anything that the Milwaukee County Board or the county in general has any control over. None of it. It's just just this anti-Trump political screed, which is put out there so a couple of the lefty supervisors, most of whom want nothing more than to get their sorry butts off of the county board and get themselves elected to some better paying jobs, you know, in whether it's a state representative or state senator or whatever. So they're using the county board as a stepping stone, and some of them have been able to do that in the past. Others, like Dmitrievic, who tried to run for state assembly and got shot down, I don't know that they've given up their political aspirations. But all this is is a political screed. Um, to, uh, again, denounce Donald Trump so they can suck up to various special interest groups. It includes everything from sanctuary cities to go passes, which are, you know, for you know senior citizens to ride the bus for free or for reduced amounts. But all right. So the county board debated this, I believe, for upwards of two hours yesterday. I mean, not the county board, but the county board committee debated it for up to two hours yesterday and apparently the it, it, the vote it, it tied so now the resolution will be debated for i don't know how many hours next thursday a week from today at the regular county board meeting i mean this is we are paying these people to discuss these political screeds that have nothing to do with milwaukee county at all so bottom line of all this again this is the takeaway from this. Forget about, you know, the, the political screed. That's just some of these, like, loony supervisors, again, trying to set a political agenda for when they run for some other office. But, again, from the perspective of somebody like me who pays taxes in Milwaukee County and pays pays the salaries of these overpaid, in general, useless county supervisors. If you've wondered whether the board could be done away with, the idea that a board committee could spend a minute, much less a couple hours, debating this resolution yesterday, and that the county board itself could spend a minute, much less however much time it's going to spend a week from today, debating this, tells you why we do not need a county board and why the sooner we get rid of it, Altogether, the better off we will be. 1026, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ.
628, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. The Bucks head to Toronto tomorrow to take on Kyle Lowry and the Atlantic Division leading Raptors. Voice of the Bucks, Ted Davis, has the call. Our coverage starts with Buck Shots. That is 610 on Thursday. Big story in the New York Times today. Felony charges for journalists arrested at inauguration protests raise fears for press freedom. All right, this is, okay, you, you had a bunch of anarchists who were committing acts of violence. Some of the anarchists say, we're journalists. Wait, no, okay, what do you mean you're, you're journalists? Well, we, we, we've got our own blogs, or, or we write for these guys, you know, every, everybody's got a website. I, I'm a journalist. I'm a journalist. What are you doing with that crowbar in your hand? Well, I'm a journalist. Well, anyhow, half dozen have gotten arrested and so now for and charged with felony rioting. But I guess in the mainstream media, the theory seems to be if you call yourself a journalist, well, it means that you should never have to say you're sorry for anything, including rioting. Now, I understand you you charge somebody with a crime. The government has to prove that you're guilty beyond a a reasonable doubt. But there's this idea that is now circulating that if you claim to be a journalist, well, you know, you should be in the middle of the stuff. You should be able to do pretty much whatever you want, and you shouldn't have to be held accountable. My response would be, you know, good luck with that. And if you've got a crowbar in your hand, you're standing there watching people break car windows or maybe helping people break windows. Well, okay, you're, you're not a journalist. You are a criminal. And the fact that you claim to write for some obscure website doesn't give you immunity. At least last time I checked, it's not freedom of the press. There's not an exemption to criminal behavior that says if you claim to be a journalist, you're okay. And again, the state has to prove that they're guilty of that. But this idea that, well, you can claim to be a journalist, be engaged in felony felony rioting, and then get a get-out-of-jail card free, I do not think so. All right. Coming up in just a couple minutes. Go ahead, Michelle Richards. Write a check for your coffee. I've got all day. We will discuss. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. It's 1035. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Um, what steps do the Packers need to do to take to reach the Super Bowl next season? Improve the defense, improve the defense. Wayne Larravee and our WTMJ sports team dissect the pending offseason moves in the Packers section of WTMJ.com. Check that out. If you are a regular listener of, of this program, and it's been interesting, you know, moving, shifting from you know, noon to 3 to 8, 8.30 to noon, and I, I just, I know we have a lot of people who, you know, called during the, the, used to call during the noon to 3 segment who are with us now, and I really much appreciate that, and a lot of some, so I think, new people and a lot of Charlie's listeners, and also, it's just, I, I always want to talk a little bit about my philosophy as a talk show host, because... I consider myself, I do a, what I call a current event show, and, and we talk about serious stuff, and then we talk about other stuff that just, whether it's human interest or it's just the stuff that interests me. Like, so, for example, you know, today, we've talked about serious things like Trump and sanctuary cities and the David Clark saga and a wall between uh, here in Mexico and the Michelle Obama school lunch program and, you know, whether or not this thing that went on in Madison w- was racist or not. We used to talk about heavy stuff, but I, I actually, there, there's other stuff, things that happen in life that that catches my attention as well. And we devote segments of the program to that, too. And it's kind of a a mixed bag, eclectic, Um, (laughs) which which brings me to our our next story. Um, I, I, I don't I'm not a shopper. 
I hate going into stores. I, I, I just do. But, you know, you have to, okay? I, I'm just, I live by myself. If, if I want to eat, I've got to go into grocery stores. I mean, that's, that's what happens. So I have to, you know, shop for myself. And I am one of those people that when I go into the grocery store line, here's a little bit of free advice. If you see me in the grocery store, Please come up and say hi. You know, I, I really I, I welcome that. I enjoy that. But once you watch whatever line I pick in the grocery store, my advice is pick another one because inevitably, I mean, I am a human. I am a human slow moving line magnet. So that, that's that's my advice. Jeff, nice to see you. Enjoy the show. Whatever. I'll say thanks a lot for listening. It's very kind of you. What's your name? But then then go to another line. You know, I won't be offended. I just I'm giving you the advice because whatever line I'm in, it is going to be a, a bad line. And there's all sorts of stuff that, that admittedly drives me crazy. I've talked about this before. I'm one of I'm one of these dinosaurs that's out there that I still pay for most stuff with cash. And and I understand that's not the the, the trend is everybody uses debit cards or credit cards for a variety of reasons. People don't carry cash. I I do. I mean I carry cash not necessarily that much, but I I pay for things with with cash just because it's it's just the way I I, I operate now. That's when you pay for stuff with cash, it doesn't really slow down the process of, of, of checking out. You know, the, the gal behind the counter will say, okay, your groceries are like $32. Fine, I'll pull out 40 and, and we're off to the races. It does not slow that down. Inevitably, though, what will happen is if you are in line at a grocery store behind me, you will find somebody in front of me and behind you, if you're behind me, who isn't going to use a debit card isn't going to use a credit card, isn't going to use cash, they are going to write a check. And more often than not, when they get ready to write the check, it's going to come as a surprise to them that they're going to have to pay. Because what will happen inevitably, if you are in line behind me, it will be, I don't mean to be sexist about this because guys do it too, but the last couple times it's happened, it's been ladies. All right, so they ring up all the groceries. The checker says $62. And then the dance begins. The purse opens up. We fumble for the checkbook. We take out the pen. And then we start writing out the, the, the check. And, I mean, I, I'm standing there, and, you know, you're, you're trying to be patient and stuff. But it's like, okay, didn't it occur to you that, you know, may, maybe you should have had this thing filled out? It, because, at the very least, you knew you were going to have to, you know, pay for this. So that always has been one of my pet peeves. So yesterday, front page of the Wall Street Journal. Here's a portion of the story. The headline is, go ahead, write a check for your coffee. I've got all day. Despite the relentless march of electronic payments and debit cards, Americans still write 17 billion or so checks a year, infuriating everyone in line, especially baffled millennials. When Gert Wilkins, this is the first part of the story, when Gert Wilkins pulls out a check at a Walmart or Target, the shoppers in line behind her roll their eyes, sigh deeply, and mutter under their breath. Ms. Watkins, a 67-year-old former banker in Birmingham, Alabama, knows that many other shoppers pay with credit cards and debit cards, but she doesn't care. They make those faces, but I just turn around and say, I'll be through shortly, sweetie. It's my turn now. 
Check writing may be dying, but it isn't dead yet. A sliver of consumers still clings to paper and pen, foregoing the ease of plastic for the rigor of balancing their checkbooks every month. Such behavior is bewildering to more modern consumers brandishing payment apps and chip cards, some of whom don't even know how to write a check. To other shoppers, check writers are the scourge of the checkout line. Michael Moser was shopping at a Target in California on Black Friday when a shopper ahead of him pulled out a check. In a matter of moments, other shoppers in line behind him scurried to other lanes. It was like a leper from the leper colony showed up, said Mr. Moser. All right, 414-799-1620, That's the Accident Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line. The, the story goes on, but part of the point of this is um, some people are suggesting that, that stores— should adopt a policy of not accepting checks anymore because so few people do it because it annoys so many other people that, all right, maybe the delays aren't worth it. Okay, 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. All right, when you're in that line, are you one of the people that always pays for stuff with a check? Are you one of the people that, like they talk about in the story, Roll their eyes when the person in front of you or two in front of you writes the check. 414-799-1620. Let's start with Tony on the southwest side. Tony, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. You know, as a caveat, I am 58 years old. But I'll pick, if I've got a choice in lines in the stores, I'll avoid avoid the people with gray hair or silver hair. Again, I have gray and silver hair. (laughs) Because I know a check's coming out. And you know what? Take it one step further. If the check isn't coming out, She's gonna have a coin. She's gonna have a coin purse, and if it's thirteen forty-two, she's gonna pull out those forty-two cents if it takes five minutes or not. Oh, you can't win. You know, uh, you know. I, I, I was all right. All right. Thank, thanks. Okay, Tony. You're, you're Tony. You are you are dragging me down this route. Um, but I, I, you have just reeled me in. True story. The other day, I'm in a grocery store. And I, I went in for just a couple items because I, I needed to eat that particular day. And the lady in front of me, and again, I, I'm sure guys do this as well, but the lady in front of me, you make the coin purse thing. Yeah, it was it was exact change. <laughs> it was it was whatever the thing was. It was like twelve dollars and sixty three cents. And yes, she counted out the sixty three cents. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty eight hundred eight seven seven one six twenty. We continue the conversation. If you're on the line, please hold on. Ten forty three. Jeff Wagner, six twenty WTMJ. 1047, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. You're not talking about Trump's latest executive order. No, I'm, I'm not. If, if you want all Trump executive orders and no fun, there are places you can go. We, we've got to mix it up here. Story in yesterday's uh, Wall Street Journal. Go ahead, write a check for your coffee. I've got all day talking about how, you know, there's this, this phenomenon when you're in a grocery store line or a department store line or whatever, and person writes, goes to reach in and pull out that checkbook, everybody just kind of screams, I can't believe you're going to write a check. Let's talk to Mike in Mayville. Mike, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Yeah, my wife's one of them people. It drives me nuts. I'll be like, really? You got credit cards. And and she gets so mad at me. I'm like, you know, I'm the one rolling my eyes standing right there. <laughs> oh, and that I'm sure that makes for an interesting ride home. Stop doing that. <laughs> but the worst part is she'll stand there at some places, and she stands there, and you write the whole check out, and she'll hand it to the clerk, and they'll be like, well, you didn't need to fill it out. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of them you can hand the 
blank check to them. They just run really? it through the machine and hand it back to you without filling anything out or signing it. Huh. You know, I get see, because that's the, the thing. I mean, it's one thing with and these new chip cards that they have, they take forever, too. But the yep. thing that really drives me crazy, like I was saying earlier, is the people who pay for checks, but they wait until... The, the, they're presented with the bill to start writing out the check. I mean, you know, if if you know you're at a pick and save or a Sendex or or whatever, you know, have the check filled. I mean, while they're ringing up the stuff, fill out the check, and then when they tell you the amount, you put it in. At least that way, you you can speed the process along a little bit. I yeah. did actually get her to do that because they have them little tables right there to do it while they're yeah. running the stuff through. I get her to finally got her to. Fill it uh, up with. A, lot of, a lot of times you don't have to fill it out, and then people stand there and they'll watch you fill it out. <laughs> you hand it to them, they're like, well, you didn't need to fill it out. Uh, I think, see, I, I guess I just, I, I mean, there's not too many. I, I still, I don't even have a checkbook. I have a, I have a desk register. So, I mean, I, I write checks, and actually I, I've, I've sort of come into the 21st century because for a lot of the automatic stuff, like the utilities and, and, you know, the, the credit cards, it's just all, I, I mean, I pay it electronically through the bank. But there still are um, the, the cell phone bill, stuff like that, the, the cable bill. Um, that's just all set up. They, they, I just I do the payments electronically. Um, but, I, I mean, I still do write some checks, but I just I never carry checks with me. Jake in Caledonia. Jake, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Morning, Jeff. We must take the exact same lines. Uh, <laughs> okay. If I if I see someone a check, I try to run the different register if possible. <laughs> it just takes longer, and usually it's an older person, uh, lady that's got a, a huge purse with way too much stuff in there, and digging through there for the checkbook after the amount was sold. <laughs> right. It, it, it's all those things together. <laughs> but okay. All right. Um, do you ever pay for stuff with checks, like in 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 a in that tor- in a retail sort of setting? Never. I don't think anyone under the age of 40 does. Um, I'm not sure there's anybody under the age of 60 that does. <laughs> <laughs> I like using a credit card getting reward points, and then at the end of the month, pay the credit card off. Yeah, and I, I see, and I, I understand. Uh, thanks. I, I understand that, and that, that to me, to me, that's the best justification. I don't know. For a lot of stuff, I just... I just I'm old school, and I appreciate that I'm kind of like one of those dinosaurs that's wrestling around in the pit. But I just I, I pay for cash for. I went out to lunch yesterday, and you know I mean, could have paid for the credit card and then paid it off at the end of the month. But I just um, I just pull out cash. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Lori and Slinger. Lori, good morning. You're on six twenty WTMJ. Hello. I just think everybody is in too much of a hurry these <laughs> days. That's why we have roadway rage and whatnot. I'm so, a pharmacist. We need to speak to the people. They get mad at waiting for us, and they're the ones that call us from home and say they got the wrong thing or they don't understand what they got. So you just think we're in too much of a darn hurry? Yes, way too much of a hurry. Everybody's in a hurry. Got to calm down. Uh, I don't think it's bad if someone wants to run a check. Don't be in such a hurry when you go places, especially to the pharmacy I speak from my point of view. Well, see, I, I mean, thanks. See, Lori, now, I, I understand, like, at the pharmacy thing. Like, the pharmacy that I go to, you know, you go, you get your prescription filled, and then the pharmacist, I'm sure this is probably the, the process, the pharmacist will come out, and they'll they'll go over the instructions with you, or you'll say, hey, this is just a refill for what I'm taking, and then that's fine. But, I mean, I, I understand. I guess... Waiting for the prescription. If there's somebody in front of me and I'm in line and they're with the pharmacist and the pharmacist is explaining the pills, I get that. I, I mean, and I understand. I think that's one where it's like I, I, I think it would be very rude of me to say, hey, speed it along. I want to get my prescription. And that's I, I get that. At this, And I do understand that we're in a bit of a hurry. At the same time, I, I'm sorry, I guess 
I'm just not good enough a person. <laughs> it's like, all right, I want to get out of the store. All I want to do is get in, get out with my, you know, half gallon of milk and, you know, my, my whatever. And, okay, fill out the check, 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. Joe in Arlington Heights. Joe, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. How are you today? I'm, I'm well. Actually, I, I feel better. I'm venting. You know, and this helps me. I've, I like to vent. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I'm, I'm kind of with you. The only time I ever see anyone pay with a check is at the grocery. Right. And I really don't have a problem with it, except for when, as you said it just a second ago, they're waiting. It takes five minutes to ring all their stuff up. And during that time, they're just staring <laughs> at the food right. when they could be digging in the purse, pulling right. out the check. Right. And writing in all the other information except for the amount. Right. That's what drives me nuts. Yeah, I think it's inconsistent. I'm sorry. Go, oh, we lost your, we lost, uh, the cell phone drop. Well, it, it's it's like um, it, it's kind of like it's a surprise that you're going to have to pay. I, I mean, it's it, it's like, OK, we, we all know at the end of a retail transaction, whether you're in Target or Walmart or the grocery store or whatever, at some point in time, in exchange for whatever it is that you are purchasing, you're, you're going to have to come up with the coin of the realm. <laughs> you're going to have to pay for it. So whether it's like having the credit card out or having the cash ready, ready yeah, that's the thing. Now, if it's, it's kind of like ready golf. You know, if you play golf, one of the things that drives me crazy is people just, oh, it's my turn, and then they dawdle. If you, if you get ready, so you're ready when it's your turn. You know, and because I will concede, if you've got that check filled out and you're just waiting for the final amount, actually, probably using the check is going to be faster than using, like I say, some of these new check cards that they've got. Um, check cards they've got, which you know, they, these new chip things that sometimes absolutely take forever. In any event, I, I understand. I do think this is kind of a generational thing um, because for for millennials. I love you, millennials. For millennials, the, the idea of they, they write a check for something. Why would you write a check for something? You've got the app. All you have to do is put your phone up there, and it pays for it. So I, I, I do think, I think 10 years from now, I think 10 years from now, the idea of, of paying for checks in a grocery, I, I think is probably – I just don't think you're going to see it at all. I mean, this is, again, it's like reading hard copies of newspapers, those type of things. I think it's going the way of, of the dinosaur. So we will be doing a topic. It's, it's like sometimes when I talk about, oh, eight-track tapes, <laughs> things like that, and you get these blank looks from people going, eight-track tapes, what what are those things? I think sometime, I think maybe 10 years from now, if we're doing the show, we're going to talk about like writing checks in the grocery store. People will look at me the same way. It's actually kind of a fun story. I think we've got a link to it up on our website. Go ahead, write a check for your coffee. I've got all day. It was in yesterday's Wall Street Journal. It's 1055. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. This is why I love this job. I just love this job some days. Okay, Terry writes, tell you what, I won't write my checks in line if you don't buy your blanking lottery tickets in front of me. I, true story. Okay, this, this is last Saturday. My niece, Sydney, if you're listening, okay, turn off the radio right now. Okay, it, it's, we're, we're going out. It's her, eight, her 18th birthday was last Friday. Uncle Jeff needs to buy a card. I stop at the local CVS store to pick out a card. So I've got, I've got my card. That's all I'm trying to buy is this card to get on with the rest of my Saturday in advance of this. So I'm standing in line. They've only got, they've only got one checker at this particular store at the time. But it's no problem because there's nobody in line except me. So there's a woman buying some stuff until... She starts buying the lottery tickets. I want three of these. 
I want two of these. I want two of these. They're going through all these different scratch-offs. And I admit, I appreciate what our caller Lori said, that we need to relax and we need to be patient. But I admit, I'm about ready to go postal. As we're, It's like, okay, buy, buy the damn lottery ticket. I mean, go, go to one of these machines. But it's like, I want three of these. I want two of these. I want one of these. And you want to say, these are the worst. I'm a gambler. These are the worst deals imaginable. You're just peeing your money away anyways, lady, and you're slowing me down. So, Terry... I appreciate your sentiment. You won't write checks if I don't buy, <laughs> don't buy the lottery tickets. Um, coming up in the next hour of the program, you know, Trump makes it easy for people to get on him. There's just no question about that. And Pop Culture Corner, stick around. 1059, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ.